0: Lord's been on my heart this year to, to talk about going into this year to forgetting what's behind and looking to what's ahead of us. And, and whether it was good or bad, what's behind you to, to press in towards the, what he has for us in this year. And, and he told us to do that again by loving him and loving people. And, and I don't, you know, uh, we say we love God and we say we love people, but it's something that I've got to work on all the time. Uh, Jim listened, lip, whispered in my ear before I come up, the title of the sermon today, Lord Put on My Heart, was Multiply. And and anyway, I don't even have it in my notes, but we have spoke towards this, uh, I know a whole service this year, but we will never multiply until we can get past a fence. And, and anyway, we spent a whole service on that and or two, I think, so far this year, that that we will never be what God calls us to be if we're offended. And and anyway Satan works in that. And I can be everything could be going great and and somebody come up and say something bad to me and then I shut down. And, and I quit or, or I'm going, things are going good and, 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 and something happens in my life and it offends me and I, oh, I'm not going to do that no more. I'm just not going to teach. I'm just not going to do this anymore. And for us to be what God wants to be in multiplying, uh, we can't be offended. And, and I respect Jim and, and, and I think he hears from the Lord and he believes the Lord told him that again today, that we need to be reminded of that, uh, in our young adult group, we're talking about watching our tongues, and we just finished that subject up, and now we're in the, the married thing, but, but it was talking about how we need to be careful what we say, that, to, that we don't offend people, and that we need to be Christ-like in what we are about. And so anyway, God has put the, the word for today on if we love people, uh, first off, we wouldn't even try to offend them or want to offend them. And, and if we really love God, uh, we wouldn't allow ourselves to be offended. Uh, we wouldn't allow these things in our life. And so, anyway, uh, a lot of you asked me this week about the Methodist thing. And, and anyway, I put a, on the Facebook the outcome of the Methodist uh, conference in, in 2019, the special conference. Uh, I didn't think anything would get passed. But the traditional plan did pass that 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 actually uh, solidifies what we believe is a as a denomination, and even to the point that they've added in uh, uh, more things that if a pastor uh, performs a gay marriage or suspended for a year, if they do it again then then they lose their license uh there's lots of other things, but still we got a long way to go because we got to make sure the bishops enforce what. Uh, they, the, the people have spoken and, and that's where my heart is, is to make sure that the bishops in force, you're going to see a lot of junk guys. But the reason that I think the Lord is doing this is I was kind of had it in my spirit to talk about this a little bit, but I didn't want to. And, and anyway, then Jim talked about offense we can get offended by what the Methodist church does that keeps us from doing what we're supposed to be doing here. People's left this body that that I believe God has called here because of what's happening in the Methodist church. And I get that, guys, but the minute they change the rules and break the rules, we're, we're not going to go along with that. But they keep voting to enforce them and putting more teeth in them, and, and we need to stand behind that, I think. I think in the last day, every church is going to be called out to what they believe in, and they're going to have to fight for what they believe in. You know we 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 can set in here today and, and and it's it's but anyhow, I can go into a whole nother sermon on that you know i I can go into the the point that guys we may you know this may be going on in the Methodist denomination, but what 's going on in this body here if you 're in sexual immorality you 're in sin, and it affects your ministry in the body of christ if if you got odd against your brother or you're offended against your brother, it's going to keep you from doing what God's called you to do. We need to be constantly on guard and checking and examining our lives daily to see what God wants to do in it. And and we're doing that as pastors. We're meeting on Tuesday, and, 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 and we're really getting harsh in this. And I'm talking to the pastors, guys, Uh, We need to press into God even more, not because we have to, but because we love him and we love the people and we don't want anything in the way. And and we're pressing into that. And, And it's just, we need to do that as a body across the board. We need to press into him. But to multiply, as Jim finished up with me, we got to believe the word of God and, and stand behind the word of God and what it says and not adjust it to fit our lifestyle. And that's what'll help us to get where we need to be. But anyway, that was all extra today. But but as I put in my notes here, the first thing I wanted to say was that in the beginning, God calls, called us to be fruitful and multiply. And and you guys know in Genesis 2:28. The scripture that God has called us out to, to, to come together and multiply. Be faithful in that. I just did a wedding Friday night with Giselle and Kyle and, and, and again, they wanted to make sure that I did a good job. So they're getting married again tonight at six o'clock in Texas. No, I'm kidding. She went down there because a lot of her family couldn't get up here and they're holding another work, wedding ceremony down there tonight. But, but the Lord's really hit me with that. That, that when I get in class and we talk about marriage and what marriage is about, that's the first thing we talk about is be fruitful and multiply. And, and we talk about that through having children and, and, and God using us in this world. But guys, it also means to build his kingdom. And I think that's the most important thing to God that we multiply in building his kingdom. That we are, are just excited about telling other people about the kingdom of God that it's just it's just burning in us. We we can't help but talk about it. You know, when I when I remember today that when Amy was born and in Carthage they again the guys that's a another long story I may get into earlier but you I don't think a lot of us realize what it takes to make this work each week. And 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 we can say we're having church but if we don't have the people to do the things that need to be done, we can't have church, okay? And so, anyway, I'll get into that later. But, but when Amy was born, I'll never forget it. My wife gets mad at me talking about this, and you've heard me say it. But when she came out, her head looked like wharf on Star Trek. And she can see she's already at me. I can't believe this. Well, you cuts right because you couldn't see the other side, you see. But anyway, that's what I remember with her. And, and, and whether my wife agrees to me, see, we're at odds right now, and she don't agree with me, but, but that's what I remember. But also remember I loved her, and I picked her up, and man, I was so proud of multiplying and, and look what we've done, and, and look at the beautiful thing she's turned into today. And she still has a problem with that war thing, that's why she wears stocking caps. No, I'm kidding you. <laughs> I love you, baby. I got to give you a hard time. Oh, 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 Joe, we need to get back and worship because, well, really, Jim, that offend thing, I'm not going to take offense to that because I want to multiply. We'll just cut your pay, so anyway, now I forgot what I was saying, but anyhow, but we need to be excited about the things of God to the point that we just can't help but talk about it. You know, when and man, when Giselle and Kyle are getting married and and then you have a party for that, you have parties for this, you have parties for that. The other day I went to a party that I'd never been to that kind before where you, you tell the gender of the baby, you know. And I'm thinking, man, we have a party. We celebrate all this multiplying. You know, we just, just, we really, but do we do it spiritually? Are we excited about what God's done in our life to where we're having parties and we're telling everybody about it? Well, guys, that young gal up there did. Uh, I tell you, Layla, she can't quit talking about what God's done in her life. It was so powerful that I was here at Central this Wednesday, and I wasn't at Carthage, and I was planning on listening to Landon to speak because I hadn't got to hear Landon speak in a while. I start to head down there, and Christy Lehman pulls me aside and says, can you come up and talk to this age group? And I go in there and there's 10 kids in the class that are wanting to know about this baptism and about the, all this stuff that happened in Layla's life. Because she was talking about it. And she's excited about it. And so we minister to them. And, and to be honest with you guys, I think kids are going to be, that, that I believe have received Christ are now confident because of her talking about it, how exciting it was that they're going to be baptized now. Well, I thought I was done, so I headed back downstairs and, and I made it down to the youth room and, and I got called back up by Giselle this time by the other classroom. And, and the other class had some kids in there that, that had been saved and, and were so excited that they wanted to be baptized. And I said, Giselle, just, just bring him into my office and I'll talk to him. And again, I told her, Giselle, I'm totally confident in you and the teachers, but they wanted to talk to me, so anyway, they brought them into the room. And I'll never forget this little boy that rides the bus. I forgot his name now. But, but man, if you knew what he was dealing with in the family life that he has, oh, to see God getting into his life, it's powerful. But then we were sitting there and we are talking about this, and he knew more about baptism and salvation than probably a lot of us do. And I was so impressed with him. And I said, well, well, you, you want to get baptized? He said, sure, do. I'm really excited about it. And he was talking about Layla. That's all she talks about. This was a quote of what he said. This really tickled me because it's an old saying. But he said, she stinks with it. Yeah, my dad, I remember he used to say that as a kid. When, when somebody was so consumed with something, you said they stink with it. And here we got a little boy. He, she's so consumed with this that she stinks with it. Do we stink with the love of Christ in our life? Do we stink with the power of God in our life to where it's getting on other people? Are we so excited that, that we're causing people to multiply? Uh, I tell you guys, we can't do it sitting in the church. We can't do it talking about it in the church. We can't do it uh, studying the word about it in the church. And again, there's nothing wrong with all those things. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But we got to go out and do those things. And again, I keep seeing it over and over. I am convinced. That, that there is so much power, and I'm jumping ahead, but there's so much power in telling others. First off, Christ told us to do it. And when we do it, we're being faithful, which means he empowers us to do these things. So we don't have to go in and think of a big story to say or a big song to sing. We just let the Lord use us, and his power will move in us till we stink with him. And, and, and that's where we need to get to be. And we need to do that with people around us at work to where we're catching and we're, we're in touch with him. And that's what really got me is that I went back in the office there because I, I caught my paperwork today. But but Children's Church, this last month, or this so far this year, the Children's Church is, well, last month was at a positive 16. From this time last year, uh, our Children's Church last week or last month had 16 more on average than they did the year before. And I know that you guys are good, doing good teaching. I know that you guys are doing lots of great things here in the body, and that's a part of it. But also, I know something different that's going on. Giselle's going into schools just like we do with the high school and the in the middle school. She's been going to Lamar lunches. She's been hitting them, and then I think with this, she's been at Liberal a few times. And she's and I think she's may even been to Jasper. But she's got gone out and telling them about what God's doing here. Not about what's happening at conference that we're all embarrassed about and offended about. But what's happening here and she's saying God's moving here and just come out and see. And, and what really got me, and I'm building Giselle up today because she's not here and, she's, and she can't hear me and talk to me about it later. But, but what really blessed me is I'm here at the wedding the other night and there's two little girls running around the church the whole night. And I'm thinking, who are they with? And I got to look, and I don't know who they're with. And finally, I said, who are you with? And, and they said, well, Giselle comes to school, and, and we wanted to come to her wedding. And so dad brought us out here and dropped us off. Giselle said she would watch us. How many of you would watch two kids during your wedding? That's my point. Do you want to multiply? Do you stink with Jesus? And, and and that's the, the drive, the excitement that we need to have. That we're willing to sacrifice me so that somebody else can receive. And, and that really ministered to me today. And I, I hate pulling one person out because it takes everybody. The worship services across the board, the 830, the 930, and the 1130 English, we're up from this time last year. Now today's not showing it. But, but God is doing a work in this body. And again, I think if you flip down to Cecily's picture, uh, Cecily invited 30 or 40 people last week. And if you look over in the background of that, over there, almost that whole section over there that was in the front here was people she invited. She stunk with the excitement that God was doing in her life. She stunk with the excitement, I want to tell somebody about Jesus and not all the problems that's going on in our lives. You know, a lot of times we like to focus on how bad the pastor is, how bad the teachers are, how bad the worship is, how bad everything is, instead of focusing on God's moving here. God's doing some things here. And we need to quit being embarrassed and being offended and just sharing the Jesus in our life and telling others about Jesus in our life. Today I feel like I'm preaching to the choir because you guys that are here today, you're the core. Man, you guys got this. You guys know this. You guys are, are, are awesome in this area. I'm glancing down here. Uh, Pastor Larry, we've asked him to focus in on Sunday school. Sunday school's up this time from last year. Not much, but it is. But when we focus in on multiplying and preaching and telling others about things we're doing, they will come. They will come. But are we excited about Christ in our life today? Again, I'm getting to the scripture that we're supposed to open with, Mark four thirty through 32. Jesus hit me with this scripture, the Holy Ghost did. Then he said, to what shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what parable shall we picture it? Excuse me. It's like a mustard seed, which when it is sown on the ground, is smaller than all seeds on the earth. But when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all the herbs and shoots and large branches so that the birds of the air may nest in the shade. You know, I, I've read so many things on mustard seed. I wondered if I got off on the wrong tree at a time. But but the mustard seed was a seed sown by farmers in Palestine in Jesus' day. And yet in a very short time, it grew to be one of the 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 biggest plants that was around. Now, again, I've read so many things, and you guys go out and read it for yourself, but, but something I caught that the mustard seed may have been the smallest thing, but it grew into one of the biggest things per capita, if you will, in other words, from comparison. And, and, it, and it did a great thing. And again, as I said earlier, I believe it's because of the power of God in Christianity, it's the same way. You know, we may have something small in our life, but but we give it to God and operate in His power, and it's going to explode into something big again. Oakton, seventy people, seventeen years ago, or how many years ago it was, and, and now we're the where we're at, having a church in Carthage, and again, glorifying God. But how we were faithful with the smallest seed, and how God blessed us and prospered us in the things that we are. You know, I, I think of Albania, the smallest seed. You know, Gary had gone over there 20 years ago, 22 years ago, and, and had to stay in a compound protected because Christianity was hated to now having one of the first churches ever up in the mountains of Toronto, or of Albania that the adults have gone in and worship. Carson just got back from there the other day. Again, a small seed with the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Look what it grew into and that's the comparison the Lord wanted to show us. You know, if you look up a mustard seed, I heard that they, they used it for toothbrushes. I heard that they used it for, in toothpaste. I heard that they used it for mustard. I heard the birds eat off of it. I mean, I hear all these things that it can be used for. And again, there's many things that the body of Christ can be used for to build his kingdom and to multiply his kingdom. But we need to get a hold of, of that, 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 we got what we need in us. And I don't care how big your seed is or how small it is. You know, I brought in a sack of mustard seeds. And, and, and again, you can't even, you know, I can't even hardly pick up one seed. But, but it's on the end of my finger now. How many can see it? And, and how that grows into one of the largest plants. In Palestine and the Israel area, and how that this one seed multiplied. You know, and I think about Jesus. You know, when Jesus started, uh, I asked my daughter if I had a she had a knife, and she goes, "Yeah, I carry this." And this is what my daughter was carrying. It's kind of scary, but uh, but but Jesus, you know, he went out and he was by himself, and the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to do all these great things. Probably ought not to flip that knife around, huh? And, and, and Jesus started off by himself. But, but, you know, when he saw himself alone, he didn't go, oh, nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I'm all alone, like Elijah did. He went on a walkabout. And I got the walkabout because that old movie in the 80s, you guys know what I'm talking about. A walkabout for somebody in Australia, Crocodile Dundee, was like a big journey. But Jesus went on a walkabout, and, and the first person he came back to, I believe, was Peter and, and, and James, I believe. You can check me on it. And he said, come follow me. Jesus operated in the power and the anointing God gave him. And again, he was one seed, and he just went out and he multiplied the, the first person he went to by going on a walkabout. Until he got to twelve. And then he got the 12, and, and he began to minister unto them, and they went on a about. And, boy, if you look and see what the disciples did, I bought a map one time that shows the explosion of all the gospel and how the gospel exploded through the disciples and Jesus. Man, all the continents, the countries that it got into, all the people that it was ministered to, man, all from one seed, Jesus. You know, and, and, and so, you know, I come to you today, and we may not be able to see the mustard seed, but we can see the apple seed here and and I just want to kind of show you that that this apple I was going to see how many seeds were in it but most apples I think I looked it up had five seeds in them but I either dropped some or this one here is short No, there's three right there and then uh, but there's uh, three so far in that apple well I tell you what the internet's right can't believe everything on the internet, but there's exactly five seeds in that apple. So most trees would plant would would produce anywhere from 150 to to 300 apples over a 50 year period. That's 11,000. We're just going to take an average here. We'll just do of 225. So if we took these apple, five apple seeds, planted five trees, and they grew over a 50 year period, we'll just put in there a ballpark. We'll split it 225. That's 11,250 apples. And, and that's what Christ is trying to liken us to, the mustard seed, which will do even more than the apple will do. But we need to, to let God use us. And I've shared all these, these examples today of when people allow God to use them, that they'll explode out in the power of God and God will move over their lives. And we need to be available to multiply. Multiply. This kingdom seed was designed to multiply and to multiply quickly. Now, I've brushed through a few notes here, and I want to go back and pick up on one thing, but, but, but it said in the, the notes on the mustard tree that, that it needs to be planted quickly or else it'll be lost. And I don't know if the seed gets bad or what, but I do know that, that we've run into it on seed we've taken to Albania before that, that it was too old. And they did all the work, and the seed didn't come up. And, and what I say to us today is I believe a lot of Christians are struggling because they're not telling anybody about Christ. And, and I'm convinced of it. Uh, you, I hear it all the time, man, I'm glad you asked me to teach Sunday school because it's forced me to read my word, and, man, I've exploded in the Lord. Man, I'm glad you taught me to teach Sunday school. I didn't think I had the talent to do that. And, man, I've been able to minister to all these people. You know, when somebody leads somebody to Christ, oh, man, I've, I, I've always heard you talk about that. But, man, when you do it, oh, wow, look what it does in my life. You know, when I've been to a good worship service, I think it was last week or the week before we had a blowout worship, you guys didn't want to go home. And, and I'm trying to decide how long to keep you, and, and you just kept hanging around and worshiping. And I want to yield to the Spirit, too. But, but, man, when we get excited about what God's doing, it just explodes out of us. And we want more of it. and We want more of it. Well, if you're not doing nothing for the Lord, I believe you can become dormant and die. And you get back in the scripture that says the ax is already at the root, I believe, of those that aren't producing. And so I think that that a lot of Christians struggle simply because they say, I can't all the time. I can't tell somebody about Christ. I can't uh, minister to my coworker. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And I think that it it begins to cause problems for them. So use what you have. And and God will bless you. I promise you that. So we're going to go jump on back down here. We'll see where we're at now. But some basic things we need to do that will help us multiply. In other words, I, I've been sharing the scripture every week on 1 John about the Holy Spirit, that you've been anointed by the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost will teach you all things and, and all these things, but, but sometimes we just need to step out and do what the Word tells us to do and being faithful to it. And the reason I'm into this is I think it's so neat when God's putting something on my heart. Well, what we're reading in our, in our Bible reading in a year I've been in Exodus in chapter 33 through 35. And it is talking about the Israel when God was trying to train them to build his kingdom. In other words, show them how to be a body. And there's three things that he emphasized in this scripture from chapter 32 to 35. And, and the first thing was to honor the Sabbath. And I really hit that hard last week. But Exodus 35 five two says, Work shall be done for six days, but the seventh day shall be a holy day for you. A Sabbath day of rest to the Lord. Whoever does any work on it it shall be put to death. So that's how important that it was for God that that we honor the Sabbath, that he said that that put them to death if they don't do it. So God, in training his people, what I want you to get out of this is how important the Sabbath is. Now, again, as I look around here, there's 100 foot, you know, the weather's bad outside, you guys are here so I'm probably preaching to the choir. But, but when we do, don't honor the Sabbath, we can go back to Genesis chapter 32 that we talked about while Moses was up getting uh, the tablets and, and getting all this information that we're talking about, Israel got impatient and began to look for other things to worship. Why? Because they weren't in the fellowship. There wasn't a leader leading them in the Sabbath. And, and I believe that Israel fell away because of lack of leadership. And, and they, they lack of worship and lack of pursuing God. Again, when we're not in church, eventually we're going to quit pursuing God. Well, what happens in church? Prayer, healing, you know, worship, all these things that we need to be the word, all these things that we need in our lives. so I want to start this up first of off prayer because prayer is vital, but everything involved with worship is vital. Today we've prayed, we've had a chance to be healed, delivered, set free during the altar times. Uh, The praise team led us in worship and now we're hearing the word. The Sabbath is very important and we need to be dedicated to a body of believers. We need to be dedicated and sold out and not, you know, uh, a lot of of people like to go to a lot of different churches. But I still think there needs to be a home church that people can get involved with. The New Testament talks about it uh, the, the, in Hebrews ten twenty three. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without for, wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together. as it is in the manner of some of you. But exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. And so, you know, Jim, we could even go back to the offense thing there if you wanted to. We're building each other up, we're not tearing each other down. We're pressing in and we're faithful without wavering to the things of God. The second thing is giving. You know, when they were they were teaching them to build the tabernacle in Exodus 35, 5, and this is one of my favorite scriptures because I hear complaining on giving all the time. I hear a hundred ways we ought to do it. And, and what blesses me about this scripture here is, is that everybody gave all that they could to build the tabernacle, to build the church, to build the body of Christ. And that's why we give of our time, our tithe, and our talent is to build the kingdom of God. You know, we're, we're doing that to do things in Albania, Liberia, Mozambique, Oakton, Uh, Carthage, Lamar, Nevada, Golden City, Lockwood. I mean, I think there's eight schools represented in this church that we're we're ministering all around this area. So giving is important. But here when they're building the temple in Exodus 35, 5, take a sacred offering for the Lord. Let those with generous hearts present the following gifts to the Lord, gold, silver, and bronze. And so he didn't say 10% at this time. He just said, give with a generous heart. And I want you to hear that because I think that's what Christ wants in the New Testament. I think we have a standard here that, that we need to be faithful. That's just God says be obedient to the 10%. We do that without faking. But if we're New Testament believers, and you can go over and read in 2 Corinthians and, and talk about that. And maybe I'll read it here in a minute, 8, 3 through 7. But it's talking about give generously, give far and above and beyond. In other words, Give whatever it takes to get the job done. Same way as back in Moses' day. And what blessed me back in Moses' day, if you jump down to 36, 6, and 7. So Moses gave the command, and this message was throughout the camp. Men and women, don't prepare any more gifts for the sanctuary. We have enough. So people stopped bringing their sacred offerings. Their contributions were more than enough to complete the whole project. Have we given enough to complete the project? Have we given enough to, to, to do what God wants to do? And guys, the project's not done until Jesus comes back. And that's why I keep saying Oakland's done some great things. And guys, for have been out in the middle of nowhere. We've done some great things. But we can't settle now. We press in because he's got some greater things. We continue to press in. I'm I'm still wanting to get into Israel and and, and have a ministry there just like we do Albania, Liberia, and Mozambique. I want to still get into all the schools represented around here. You know, my goal is still 10,000, and I don't mean that cocky. Why not? But we got to give generously until the work is done. 2 Corinthians says, For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. I hear it all the time. Well, I just give what I can afford. They gave what they could afford in the new Testament, but even more. And they did it in their own free will. They didn't have to be begged. They begged us again and again for the giving, giving privilege of sharing in the gift. Man, I wish that that the people come up and say, thank you, pastor, that we can give. Thank you, God, that we can give. Are we to that point yet? Are we to that point that, that, that we're excited to give and just want to give more. You can go on down through there. They gave more than they even hoped for. Their first thought, their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us just as God wanted them to do. I mean, you can read it. Go read all that because there's a lot in that chapter. But for hoping to achieve everything that God is calling us to do, we need to be givers, every one of us, and, and be cheerful givers, and givers that we give more than is required above and beyond. Everyone serving is the third thing that we see here. If you go through this chapter when they're building the tabernacle, and you see that word everyone, 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 it's all through there. Everyone. It was entirely volunteer. Come all you who are gifted craftsmen. Construct everything the Lord has commanded. So they volunteered their time. The other thing I wanted you guys to get out of this is they were gifted. They were anointed. You jump down into Exodus 25. They were anointed to do it. And, and, and he has filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and understanding. In knowledge and in manner of workmanship, these guys were anointed to to carve the wood out. They're anointed to to do whatever part of the building to the tabernacle necessary. They're anointed. We are anointed to teach a Sunday school. We're anointed to drive a bus. We're anointed to scoop a parking lot. God has anointed and gifted each and every one of us in this room. You're skilled. say I'm skilled. I'm skilled I'm anointed I'm, anointed. I'm asleep <laughs> but guys it's all through the New Testament every one of you are spiritually gifted 1 Corinthians 12:7 a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help others 1 Corinthians 12:7 I just said that Now you have every spiritual gift you need as as you eagerly wait for the return of the Lord. So we have everything we need to build God's kingdom. The giftings are here. You know, I hear a lot of times a pastor go hire somebody to do that. Go hire somebody to do this. Uh, That's when I think we get into trouble. When we get to get pastor-driven, that's a scary place to be. And to be honest with you, the Oakland's touched in that a little bit. I think it's hurt us a little bit. Because we're too much passion-driven sometimes. But we're everybody in this room is anointed. There's a gift for everybody to do in this church. And it's a powerful thing. Another scripture, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them to serve one another, 1 Peter 4.10. Again, that loving God, loving each other. You know, we are called to do it. We don't look at somebody else to do it. Goes on to say, do not neglect the spiritual gift you received through the prophecy spoken over you when you when the elder of the church laid their hands on you, 1 Timothy 4.4. 4. 2 Timothy 1 6. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when He when I laid my hands on you. Good example of what I'm talking about today. And it, and it, I don't say this in a negative way, but but there's reasons we didn't have Sunday school and there's reasons that it, it takes a lot of people to do what we're trying to do today. Uh, I remember one time that we had a snow day and I pushed my way through and said, we're going to have church and half my help couldn't get in here. And I got out here with a hundred kids and not enough help to handle them. And again, I'm not knocking people. That was this way. That was too deep of snow. But when it's a clear day, when it's a clear day, do we have enough people to handle what God's wanting to do in this body? See, that's what really got me. Amy's been going to, go, to Carthage, and she's, they got a lot of school lunches there. And, and she's gone to four school lunches. And my concern is, is that kids are going to start coming, and, and parents are going to start coming. are we able to handle what they're, what's going to be a result of that? Giselle, all the things she's done, all the things you're doing, are we going to be able to handle all the things that God's called us to do? Well, the word says, yes, we can. Because he's gifted and anointed each one of you in here to do that. Do you guys realize just today's service, to operate today's service, how many people do you think it took just to do this one service here? We canceled Carthage. We canceled the Sunday school. I'm just talking to do this hour. How many people did it take? Any guesses? You're you're high, but 25 people, if I'm counting right, I think we had nine on the the stage. Count me and Jim was 11. I know we got three in children's church, and I know we got some over here in these other children's ministries. But but the people that shoveled the walks today, the people that did things that got the drinks ready, and guys, I'm not even counting the ushers. I'm not counting the door greeters, the hospitality people. Just to do this service, I know it took 23 people. To do this service on a Sunday morning, uh, to do just Oakland Central is, is around 40 plus. And that's, again, not counting the altar teams. It's not counting the ushers. and It's not counting hospitality. And not that they're not valuable, they are. But people don't realize what it takes to make this ship go. But a lot of times I get discouraged and and scared over that. And that's fear because the Lord just told us today that the anointing and the giftings are in the body. And you've been gifted and anointed to do something in this body. And I know we got some guests today, but in your home body, you're gifted and anointed to do things for the Lord. God called us to be fruitful and multiply. How are we doing? And again, I, I, I'm talking to the cream of the crop today, those that are really in the game. But are you fruitful and are you multiplying the things of God? Now, I'm sure our own kingdoms are going strong. I can remember when I quit Freeman and, and I had to continue to do the, my landscaping business because I couldn't afford to do it otherwise. And man, I did lots of things to be prosperous in that, in that, on that goal and vision that I had. But do we put the same effort out to the things of God? Because uh, to me, everything else is secondary. You know, God's number one and our spouse and our children, and then I believe the church body after that. Your giftings and your anointings are are that valuable. And so are we putting into them the efforts that we're putting in to be prosperous in this world? Are we putting the same efforts in the things of God to be prosperous as a body here? Jesus goes on to say in Mark ten fifteen, Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the, the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. What we start talking about today, the enthusiasm in our children, the enthusiasm in, in Layla and, and, and the enthusiasm in uh, Cecily. The enthusiasm in many of you leaders and teachers here today. Man, we need to be like little children when it comes to the things of God. So excited that we just drip of them. And that's what God wants us today. It'll catch fire in other people's lives. It'll catch fire and, and the kingdom of God will just explode. And, and man, God has called us to go north, south, east, and west. And, and really, guys, it's, we could do all that tomorrow if we wanted to. You say it's in God's timing. A lot of times it's in our timing. When we get done what we need to get done to, then to get done what God needs to get done. Because the Lord's told us that he's equipped every one of us in this room. The anointings and the giftings are here to accomplish everything that God wants to do. So let's stand to our feet today. If you're here today and you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, now's the time. I hope you're excited after being here today to want to do that. If not, we need to work on that a little bit, pray a little harder, and worship a little harder because of how much we love the Lord. But today, if you just need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you've never been filled with the Spirit before, I want to give you that opportunity to come with me and pray for that. But, guys, if you're like me, you need to be re- refilled by the Spirit daily. If you just need a new touch and new Holy Ghost experience, come up and let's pray for that today. The other thing you notice in the Scripture, it said that, that the gifts, I think I read two Scriptures, the gifts you received when your hands was laid upon you. A lot of you tell me you don't know what your gifts are. And if you don't, I want to ask you to come up and we're going to lay hands on you and just pray that the Lord reveals your gift. And we'll just let the Lord move through that. But I want to challenge you to look deep down inside today and examine your hearts. And I ask you, are you giving the Lord more than you're giving anything else? And if you're not, what's the Lord want you to do about that? Not what I want you to do, what's the Lord wants you to do about it? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else will come in play. Sometimes we're seeking a, a spouse and a boyfriend when, if we just seek God, they would come into play later on. You know, we're seeking a job when, if we just seek God, the job's going to come into play later on. And so we just need to press in to him.